What's going on, everybody? This is JVB, and you're listening to a new episode of the Post Game Report. So, I haven't talked about the New York Giants in a while since the season ended. Uh, quite frankly, I was a little worn out from all of the Giants content, specifically on Twitter spaces, because you, you hear the same people talking, and it's basically the same conversation, every freaking Twitter space. And mostly it was about Daniel Jones and whether the New York Giants should sign him. A lot of uh, Twitter experts, <laughs> uh, couch potato GMs on Twitter and, the, and these Twitter spaces, they were saying how Daniel Jones will sign for a, a, a hometown-friendly deal. <laughs> so will Saquon Barkley. Now, none of us knew exactly what the agents, the people that work for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, whose job it is to get their client the most money possible. None of us could predict what the agent was going to think of and, and demand. Of course, I'm assuming, because I'm not a professional football player, I'm assuming that the bottom line and the final decision comes down to the, the client. And in this case, it's Daniel Jones. So a lot of people were like, oh, Daniel Jones... Maybe he'll get $25 million a year, you know. <laughs> so the bottom line, right, as of last night, Daniel Jones signed a really lucrative deal, four-year deal, I believe $160 million. He's going to get $82 million of that, guaranteed. So good for him, good for Daniel Jones. And uh, the cap hit is going to be $19 million for the first year. So that's going to give the New York Giants some cap space, some maneuverability to sign some key free agents at key spots. I've always stated that for me, the weakness, number one, the biggest weakness that needed to be addressed first and foremost was the linebacker unit. Because the linebackers were pretty freaking bad. Build... Rebuild that linebacker, specifically the inside linebackers. Now, McFadden's a rookie. He had some good moments. He had some growing pains, to say the least. So, it, it, is not surpri it would not surprise me to see McFadden involved even more next season. Beavers, he had a promising rookie training camp. He was really good in college. As a matter of fact, a year before the draft, I posted a link saying, we need a guy like Beavers on the New York Giants. And so when he was selected, I was shocked. I was like, wow, I actually predicted something correctly. So the problem is, is number one, linebacker depth, starting quality, right? We need some starters who are capable of shedding blocks, capable of analyzing a play and getting to the freaking spot and blowing up a running play. We don't have that thumper. Maybe Beavers was that, and unfortunately, he got hurt. And then you need somebody on the outside that, in case Ojolari becomes the type of player that shows promise but can't stay healthy, it's need to wonder. Like, they need to address that possibility that maybe... Ojalari will be a situational pass rusher because the kid is effective when he is on the field. 
So it would be great. It would be a great scenario if we could have Thibodeau and Ojolari as our bookends for the next five, six years, and they both play every freaking game. But unfortunately, Ojolari hasn't been able to show that there's dependability when it comes to his health. He is super effective. He is a dangerous pass rusher when he's on the field and healthy. But the problem is he'll get a sack, and then all of a sudden you don't see him for three weeks. So the Giants need somebody who is a capable starter if they need to. Like Jihad Ward, he was effective, but he had limitations. He was a freaking monster when it came to defending the run. And he had some moments where he got to the to the passer. But he's not explosive at all. And he can get beat in the open field because of his quickness. And, and he ain't going to cover anybody. So Ward is more, to me, a defensive end. Like a 4-3 defensive end. Which brings up the next concern. And that is who is going to line up next to Dexter Lawrence and Leo Williams? Who's going to line up next to them? And who's going to be capable of providing enough, uh, I don't know, productivity that teams don't focus on Dexter Lawrence so much? Because you're going to have to double Dexter Lawrence either in the run game or in the passing game. So you need somebody that can, on occasion, beat somebody on one-on-one situations. Because you're going to have Leonard Williams... And then you're going to have Thibodeau, who is going to require extra attention. And if Ojolari is on the field, he's going to require some attention. So you're going to need a player who is a starter, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, that is going to be capable of beating one-on-one blocks. Not all the time, because, you know, those players are very special (laughs) and demand a lot of money. But you're going to need somebody who can do it on occasion. And the Giants didn't have that last season. And they still made the playoffs. But it is miraculous that the New York Giants made the playoffs and were one of the worst teams defending the run. And let's not forget that cornerback number two is a concern. The Giants are going to need a lot of key pieces on defense, and I would take care of the defense first. The Giants brought back Daniel Jones. They tagged Saquon Barkley to a ten million, a little over $10 million for one year, supposedly before July. The Giants and Barkley are going to work out an extension that gives them more money per year. And the bottom line is that the New York Giants got two of their most dangerous weapons on offense. They have them back. And they're going to have them for at least two to three years, if not four. And that's great. So the quarterback situation is solidified. We have our star running back. He's back. Now work on getting some wide receivers that fit the system, that can stay healthy, most importantly. Because next season you're going to have Shepard back. You're going to have Robinson back. You're going to have Johnson back, who had a great training camp, along with Hodgins, who was a a big surprise and a very productive wide receiver for the Giants. And then Bellinger at tight end is going to have another year under his belt. 
He was having a great rookie year until that freak eye injury. And then on the offensive line, that is the next weakness, that interior. Who is going to be the starting center? Who is going to be the starting left guard? Is Glowinski going to be back? If we get Josh Zudu, if he comes back and comes back with more experience, obviously, because he was he was starting at, at some point or playing significant time before his injury, and if his injury isn't lingering and, and it doesn't affect his career, we have a promising young guard. So whether he's playing left or right, Izudu is a kid that has some athletic ability. He can pull. He has he has good strength on the on the run game. Of course, he struggled in the passing game. That is not unusual for young guards to struggle in pass protection coming out of college. Because you're going up against bigger and faster players that you didn't see in college. So there's an adjustment period. Not every offensive guard could be Quentin Nelson or Larry Allen, former Cowboy, you know, or Zach, um, uh, Zach, whatever his name is for, for the Cowboys. So, yeah, you know, not every guard is going to come out, out of college and just dominate. That that doesn't happen often. So, you're hoping that Neil and Thomas continue to progress. Thomas has, you know, become an all-pro caliber left tackle. Evan Neal had some growing pains. He was fighting through injury, playing with injuries. So, you know he's tough. And you know he has the talent, and he has the determination. So there's a lot to be, instead of being concerned about Evan Neal, there's a lot of promise to believe that he is capable of bouncing back in year two. Experience goes a long way. And the kid seems to be hard on himself. He, he Everybody says he wants to be the type of player that is better every snap he takes. He wants to be better than the last snap. So there's a lot to look forward to in a positive way with Evan Neal. The problem is the center position. Is Feliciano going to come back? Will the Giants sign a rookie uh, in the draft? Or is there going to be some surprise free agent signing that we didn't foresee? So, to me, the biggest weakness is on defense. So now that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, they seem to have team-friendly deals that give them some wiggle room in the, in, in the cap for this free agency for 2023, they can fill in some of those key, key weaknesses on defense. You don't need a superstar linebacker to come in here. It would be great to have Edmonds, but bring in some of the older guys that, that, that were released. Bring those guys in on a cheaper deal. You know they're going to be productive, and if you draft an inside linebacker in the, in the draft, you have two young inside linebackers in Beavers and, and McFadden. So you bring in a guy like Hendricks or... Um, there's another like Hall of Fame caliber linebacker from the Rams. I just can't think of his name. Bring him in. Let him be a mentor. Let him be a mentor, right? And if he can't, 
last the entire season and he has to play limited snap counts. Then you have the young guys to fill in for him, right? Bring in Hendricks and, uh, man, I can't think of this guy's name. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, he played for the Rams. He was part of uh, the Legion of Boom. And I'm sure I'm going to remember, but once again, I have a brain injury, so I forget a lot of stuff that is in my head, and all of a sudden I can't remember. So there's some options at middle linebacker. Defensive lineman, that's a, a tricky situation, but you could bring in somebody who fills a specific role. You don't need a superstar. You have a superstar in Dexter Lawrence. You have a Pro Bowl caliber uh, player next to him in Leonard Williams. You just need a, a lunch pail guy as the third defensive lineman. And then you have Davison, who was a rookie last year, last season, who showed some productivity when he did play. Unfortunately, he got hurt. So you have to worry about him coming back from an injury. So let me look up. Because now it's bothering me. It's bothering me a lot. So let me see if I can bring up this gentleman's name. Because once again, he is a Hall of Famer as soon as he retires. So it's only fitting that I, I bring in, I, I say his name. <laughs> instead of saying that guy. If I could find a damn team. But yeah. Wide receiver, obviously, a lot of us. A lot of fans, we saw what happened with the depth. We saw how we were bringing in all these freaking, all, all these no-name players to fill in for an injured wide receiving core that was just, that, that was uh, depleting as the season went on. So, it, it once again, having Hodgins come in, and then be the, at one point, be the Giants' best wide receiver. That's an anomaly. That often doesn't happen. So let's see. Uh, let's see if I find this guy's name. Anyway, you guys probably know who I'm talking about, and I apologize. Uh, former Seahawk, former L.A. Ram last season. I can't remember his name. And due to my brain injury, I can't really do multitasking. So it's, it's like this, I'm trying to find the name on my phone, but it's distracting me from what I'm actually doing. And just think of, uh, if you're familiar with electronics, think of a, a capacitor, right? It stores energy, uh, kind of like what a Duracell battery does. So think of uh, a capacitor that pops because there's too much current going through it. And eventually it pops. So, yeah, that's what happens to me. Anyway, so it's just funny. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the, to, the, to the football GMs that I see on Twitter and YouTube. It's funny to see the reactions to Daniel Jones being back. And then it's funny to see, like, the NFL react. You had a, a Bears player talking trash about Daniel Jones. You have people in the media talking trash about Daniel Jones. But the one thing about Daniel Jones that he has proven, number one, the kid came out of college and had to replace Eli fucking Manning. That in itself is so much pressure for anybody. 
You come in and you have to replace a freaking franchise hero, potential Hall of Fame quarterback, a quarterback who has one of the best bloodlines in the NFL. So right there, you come into a, and then you come into the New York Giants. So not only are you coming to the New York Giants, you come into one of the toughest cities in the world, sports were, uh, cities in the world, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, you name it. So you come from Duke, you come into New York, and then you have to replace Eli Manning. <laughs> and, then, and then when Eli Manning retires, now you are the face of the franchise and your offensive line is stinking up the joint. You are being sacked. You are being beaten up. Your star running back is out. And now you have to carry this offense all by yourself for two seasons. And then during one season, you're trying your best to freaking be the entire offense and you get you get a neck injury <laughs> because you're doing a little too much. So all that tells me, and it has been proven, that Daniel Jones is a tough son of a son of a gun. Daniel Jones is New York tough. We talk about how Phil Sp- Phil S- I was gonna say Phil Sp- <laughs> Phil Sims is tough. We we talk about Phil Sims being New York tough. Mark Bavaro being New York tough. Eli Manning, who never missed a freaking game due to injury, being New York tough. And here's Daniel Jones being just as tough as those individuals. And people still have an issue with the dude. I remember two seasons ago when the Giants played the Saints. The Saints had a good defense. They were a better team than the New York Giants. The game went into overtime. Daniel Jones had one of his most statistically productive games in his career. He had a key touchdown pass to Saquon Barkley. It was a game where you saw that Saquon had his explosiveness back. And then it showed that Daniel Jones can air it out. And at one point in that season, I believe it was the 2022 no, I'm lying. 2021 season. It looked like Daniel Jones was the best player on the field before he got injured, before he injured his neck. But then when you look at the offensive line, you had you had poor performance. I mean, we had Nate Solder at right tackle being bullied by smaller men. I mean, how can you blame Daniel Jones for the beating that he got. He never complained. He never threw his players under the bus, his teammates. He never said, I'm out of here as soon as I can. The dude played his ass off last season. The Giants didn't want to give him his fifth-year extension. And that's like a smack in the face, right? That's like, well, we don't know if we can – we don't know if you're the guy, so prove it. And guess what? He did. Daniel Jones proved it. He proved that he's a dual threat. He is capable of throwing 
accurate passes in small windows. And he's a dog, man. Daniel Jones is a tough, tough player. And that permeates throughout the whole team. He's a tough dude. He is New York tough. And I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. And I'm glad he's back in, in, the, in, in the structure that they came up with financially. Because now the New York Giants have, have room to bring in other pieces that is going to help Daniel Jones, is going to help Dexter Lawrence offensively and defensively because right now the right now the big stars right the big weapons on offense is Barkley and Daniel Jones and then you have Dexter Lawrence on defense and Kayvon Thibodeau and then if McKinney stays healthy the entire year he's going to be a, a dangerous weapon in the, in the defensive backfield so the Giants have some really good building blocks on the offensive line, you have an all-pro in Andrew Thomas. You have a young, promising tackle in Evan Neal. And then Hodgins came out of nowhere to be a solid starting wide receiver who was capable of getting open in zone. He's not going to beat people one-on-one, but he's big. He can bully his way to the ball. And he was dependable. He was catching a lot of passes, contested passes. So Robinson, he's a small guy, but he was showing that he, he was showing why the Giants picked him at, on the second round. The, the, the game he got injured, he had over 100 yards receiving. So bring in an extra piece, potentially a starting caliber wide receiver, which is going to have to be either through a trade or, you know, a crazy scenario where they bring back Odell Beckham, you know, but then again, he's coming off an injury. So we don't know what kind of player Beckham is right now. Or DeAndre Hopkins. They trade for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the most obvious scenario is that the New York Giants draft a few wide receivers in this coming NFL draft and pretty high in the draft. Maybe first round, maybe first and third rounds or second and third rounds, something like that. You know, the draft is crazy. It, it never really goes the way we expect it to go. So there could be a very high cali- caliber cornerback available for the New York Giants in the first or second round that changes everything. The fact is we have key components solidified on offense. We have an all-pro left tackle, an all-pro running back, a borderline Pro Bowl type quarterback. Now we got to build around them. Bellinger, he could be our starting tight end. We can draft or sign another capable backup tight end. Maybe backup slash fullback, tight end type, you know, H-back type. You definitely need a speedster at wide receiver. One who can stretch the field and allow some players to roam around in the middle of the field. And then you need cornerback help and inside linebacker help. That is extremely important. If you can't stop the run, 
the New York Giants are basically in the same situation as they were last season. Ten wins, nine wins, making the playoffs but not going far because they just can't stop the run. And the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Redskins, they can run the ball. So (laughs) the Giants got to build for their division first and foremost and then worry about everybody else because not only can the Cowboys, Eagles, and Commanders, not only can they run the ball, but they also have weapons at receiver. So at any given moment, they can pass the ball and beat you in the passing game. So the Giants got to prepare for a very tough division, which is good because that means as they build to compete against division rivals, they're going to be prepared for the rest of the NFL. And that's a good thing. The black and blue division is back. The NFC East. Or people used to call it the NFC Beast or whatever. And I don't know if if it was the NFC East that was the black and blue division. I don't know. I could be off. I could be thinking of the Vikings and stuff. But... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not as pissed off as some people are about Daniel Jones coming back. And it's amusing to see how people are reacting to this. But get over it. Get over it. It's, it's over and done with. Free agency is coming up. Let's worry about that. Let's worry about the draft. And let's cheer on the players that are New York Giants. If you're a fan, you have to cheer, your, you have to cheer for your team. We've been through so many bad seasons. Now that we have some promise, people are still treating this team as if they're a freaking four-win team. It's crazy. People are still unhappy. <laughs> and, you know, that's what makes New York, right? We, we, we're, we're about the moment. So you can do great the entire season, but if you do something in the, in the current moment, you're going to be judged by that by what you just did. So New York fans are tough. And all the crap that Daniel Jones had to go through, and he freaking excelled. He he did it. Ex- he cut the turnovers. He was a dangerous weapon. The last four games, he was our best freaking player on the field, on offense, not, not on defense, on offense. So kudos to Daniel Jones. Kudos to Daniel Jones and kudos to Joe Shane who came up with a deal that allows them to spend on key positions this offseason. So anyway, I look forward to seeing what the New York Giants are going to do during the free agency that's coming up. I'm hoping for some really good players at linebacker. It would be great to have Edmonds from the Bills, but he's going to require a nice payday. He's a young guy, and he's somebody that the New York Giants can have on their roster for many years. So let's see how, how, how important the inside linebacker is to Joe Shane and Brian Dable. He, they, they both have to make that decision. So it's going to be fun. So anyway, I'm JVB. You guys take care. Talk to you later.